Welcome to Deep Drinks Podcast, where the drinks are deep and the conversations are deeper. Welcome everyone to the first episode of 2023 for the Deep Drinks Podcast. Um, it's going to be a, a wild, crazy, amazing, powerful, awesome, sexy year. It's going to be awesome. And what we couldn't have had a better episode to start with uh, to learn about a religion that I know almost nothing about, Shinto. So this is going to be really good with Caitlin Ugaritz, who's an anthropologist of religion and a PhD candidate in the Department of East Asia Languages at UC Santa Barbara. Caitlin specializes in Japanese religion, globalization, technology, and media. You can read her work in the Bloomsbury Handbook of Japanese Religion, uh, which is like a textbook that I don't have because it didn't come in time, but I have read the PDF version. Um, I have ordered it though, and it is an awesome read. It's got many different authors. Uh, and you can watch her uh, work on the Religion for Breakfast popular Shinto series, as well as her YouTube channel, Eat, Pray, Anime. Welcome, Caitlin Ugaritz. Hi, everybody. Hey. Happy New Year. Hey, how's it going? Hey. Good, very good, very good. Thank you so much for coming on. It's a it's a real treat to have a, an anthropologist of religion uh, on Deep Drinks. You're the first. I, th I think you're the first, um, at least with that title. Thanks for having me. So, um, what well, are we drinking I, today, I think Caitlin? I might be. We are drinking Genmai Cha. If I'm not uh, lagging out. No, it's fine. It's fine. It looks fine. Okay, it's a little laggy on my side. So we're drinking Genmai Cha. Um, a little Yay. bit of history about Genmai Cha. There's a lot of um, myths about how this tea was created. Basically, it's a green tea with some brown rice that's roasted in it. Um, there are a lot of myths about how Genmai Cha was created. There you go. Uh, shout yeah. out to my favorite tea provider, Adagio. Uh, uh, yeah. It's really good. You can get this uh, pretty much anywhere. Yeah, well, I mean, it took me three weeks to get it delivered from wherever it is, but that's because I live in Australia, oh, no. Australia <laughs> like that. But it smells delicious, and I'm about to have my first sip. Yeah, so tell us Apologies. how tell us about the tell us about the history of it. Yeah, so Genmai Cha, other otherwise known as uh, brown rice tea or the people's tea, is made with green. Uh, tea and also uh, roasted brown rice. Sometimes it's called popcorn tea because when you uh, actually toast the rice, sometimes it puffs up like popcorn, but there's actually no popcorn in it. And uh, mm. there are a lot of myths about the start of it. One of the uh, popular ones is that there was a servant serving his samurai lord and the servant's name was Genmai, which means brown rice. And he uh, was pouring tea and he was maybe stealing some rice from his uh, employer. And a couple of the grains of rice slipped into the drink. And the samurai lord had his servant beheaded for sullying his tea. And then he decided he'd like sit down and, and try it out. And then he decided that he liked it. <laughs> and oh, no. Can't put the head back on. Probably the more historically accurate uh, legend is that a very savvy merchant was trying to stretch uh, a, an expensive supply of green tea that he had. And so they added rice kernels. Ah, interesting. Tea, which gives it its like 
grassy notes from the green tea and like nutty flavor from the, the rice. It's really delicious. And so uh, because green tea was expensive, uh, stretching it out using just a little bit of green tea and then more rice made it more accessible and affordable for commoners. And then this right. kind of tea, uh, they used the green tea that's uh, harvested later in the year, which was also less expensive. And it caught on and everybody could enjoy a, a cup of nice tea. So uh, nowadays people think that it's, aside from being delicious, is good for like digestive health. Um, it's really comforting oh, wow. it with this like nutty flavor. And it's also uh, favored by people who are fasting for religious purposes. So there's your little so, religion scoop. So hang on. Today. We're like, what? We're like a few minutes in and you're already educating us. Dive. Hugely. Yes. This is awesome. I'm, I'm loving this. This is actually delicious too. Oh, I'm glad you and enjoy it. I got it. I took my wife some special little teacups out for this, um, but it gorgeous. wasn't enough. So I got my man mug on the side here uh, as right. well. So I got two cups going. So later in the pod, I'm going to break out this green tea flavored soda. We'll see if it's any awesome. good. I've <laughs> awesome. never had it before. <laughs> so it's actually super interesting because, because I, I think I remember hearing that prawns were the same thing, or you might call them shrimp over in the U S where, Oh really? They weren't, they weren't seen as, they weren't seen as like a luxury thing. They were seen mm -hmm. as like, if you, you know, something you could just, get if you could like the 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 poor kind of drink and it's like if this was stretching out you know it's trying to make tea last longer it's like the same concept now it's seen as like it's expensive like compared to just like a tea bag um so it's interesting how how things change how cultural perspectives change around things like that definitely yeah the kind of green tea that we're drinking now is sencha which is actually like a nicer form of green tea Oh, um, okay. You can even get it with some matcha uh, green tea powder added in, which they never would have done, you know, uh, yeah. in the pre-modern period when they were uh, probably around the 1900s. So the modern period, they were drinking this. Um, so, you know, the whole point was to make it cheap. And now it's yeah. uh, it's, its own cultural thing. So they, they make it bougie. We're drinking the bougie version of commoner's tea. <laughs> yeah, nice. So is, um, if we, if, do you drink at all, like um, alcohol? Uh, on, oh, on yes. Okay. <laughs> if it well, wasn't dry January, we would yeah, have been having sake. <laughs> oh, okay. Awesome. Awesome. I, I've, I've only spent five days, unfortunately, in Japan when my, my younger brother was um, living there. We went to visit him on the way through to Europe. And um, when we went to Europe for the first time and we, uh, we had sake and, and it was very delicious. Um, and I don't remember much more of the night. Well, I do remember it, but there was, <laughs> it just goes, it goes from me having sake and a few other things to everyone. Mm -hmm chanting as I was sculling a big um and this they're calling me Davis 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 I'm like that's not my name but yeah so it was a good sure. time, it was a good time. <laughs> so um the was so powerful. you've been pretty busy we've been chatting back and forth on emails what have you been up to lately before we jump into the history of Shinto sure what have I been up to lately well other than being on the job market and trying to finish my dissertation I've been working on my YouTube channel, Eat, Pray, Anime, where mm -hmm. we uh, talk about Japanese religion through the lens of popular culture. So, oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> my channel. Oh, my face. Yep. So I haven't come out with any videos in a couple of months. My most recent one is actually an exclusive interview with 
comic book illustrator extraordinaire Peach Momoko, who's been working on a wonderful series for Marvel called Demon Days. Oh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, Peach Momoko, although she's very famous, is also extremely just like humble and a little bit shy. So we we speak we talk in Japanese during this interview, and she instead of having her face on the camera, uh, draws us an exclusive uh, illustration of her character from Demon Days for Marvel Comics, which was super oh, that's fun. So cool. I have a new series that I'm working on, which is why nothing's come out recently on uh, shamanism and Japanese religion. So oh, myself wow. and a couple of my friends are putting together the videos for that. So uh, the first video uh, on an introduction to shamanism through uh, the anime Shaman King should be coming out in a, in a month or two. Interesting. That's, that's awesome. I, Sorry, I have these two two books. You're, is this a good book for shamanism? I picked it up. <laughs> oh, Eliade. Yeah, so he's the OG in terms of uh, studying shamanism from an, an armchair religionist's perspective. Okay. So okay. Uh, we might be critiquing Eliade a little bit oh, on okay. <laughs> UK awesome. anime. Uh, right. One book that I can recommend actually is indigenous religious traditions in five minutes okay there's only maybe two articles in here very short one to two pages on uh shamanism and how it relates to uh, indigenous religious traditions but my friend m simpson who wrote uh one of the pieces on shamanism will actually be my first guest in the series so eliade he's definitely in the canon he's one of the the major scholars that introduce uh you know the concept of shamanism to the field i didn't catch what the other book was um uh, maybe Dubois, uh, who does a really good job this isn't shamanism but it's something i want to talk about later it's called yeah in ghostly japan um and it's ghost stories from japan uh yes and one of is them that is that by noriko reader uh, uh lafkeshio hearn oh lafkeshio uh, hearn okay oh, yes sorry. you can definitely I'm talk about him but the 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 so the uh the personal karma, which is about the mm. Penelope, I wrote it down. Um, it's a famous like play, I think, um, in Japan. Uh, where did I write it? Um, Boton Doro Pioni Lantern. Oh, Pioni okay, Lantern. yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that that thing, I read that one night, and I was like, genuinely, I was like, this is a, this is a cool story. This is spooky, as yeah. F, so yeah. Um, so let's jump into Shinto, but before we do, we have our, um, our first comment from uh, Digital Hammurabi. Uh, are you kidding me? Dave McDonald, again, he can't sub substantiate the necessary grand ground for all instantiation for the preconditions of ultimate providing impossible possibilities, impossibilities. <laughs> Keep running scared, David. So he's a friend. He's, it's, that's, that's Dr. Yeah, Josh. Hi. He's uh, isn't a serialist. He, <laughs> he always likes to come in and just uh, and quote uh, Big Toy. It's a it's an internet meme, but it's always funny to read it out. Right. So Lord Almighty. <laughs> I know. It's, so um, so let's you. talk about. Let's talk about let's talk about Shinto. So, what sure. is Shinto? Give us an introduction, because we okay. So, I'm 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 a uh, Abrahamic faith kind of boy. Like I know about um, 
I know about Christianity, Judaism, um, and Islam. I know a little bit about Hinduism, like I've read the Bhagavad Gita and stuff, but but when it comes and I've read a little bit of Buddhism, but I haven't I don't know anything about Shinto. So please <laughs> tell us what is Shinto and when did it start? <laughs> I wish I could tell you what Shinto is. <laughs> this is one of the, the 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 deep questions of of the field of Shinto studies. What is Shinto? Um, if anybody figures out definitively what it is, please mm. please let me know. Um, this is one of those things that scholars will go back and forth about for forever, and we can we can kind of unpack that later. But so my personal informed definition for Shinto is that it is a ritual tradition that started, originates in Japan, that is dedicated to the veneration, so the worship, for, for lack of a better term, of these deities called kami. So uh, when, you, when you hear me talking about kami, I'm not uh, referring to uh, communists. <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> Japanese deities. A lot yeah. of people like to comment like, oh, those kamis. I'm like the Cold War's <laughs> over people. We're talking about Japan. Uh, well, you'd think that the Cold War's over, but there's a lot of commies <laughs> popping up online at the moment. So, <laughs> so um, yeah. So generally, uh, Shinto is a ritual tradition that focuses on these uh, deities called kami. So kami are thought to live, uh, they're imminent. So they live in the world around us. So you can find them in uh, forces of nature, like thunder and fire. Uh, there are particular kami that have kind of names and personalities. Uh, we could talk about mythology a little bit later. Uh, even people can be kami. Uh, there are a few notable uh, examples, such as uh, this one kami, Tenjin, who used to be a, a, a court official and scholar in the 1100s who died and haunted the court. And then people were just so... Uh, beset by the spirit of, of this guy who had been exiled and then died in exile that they decided to worship him as a deity. And uh, even the emperor of Japan um, is or has been thought to be um, a deity. So the, the mm. kami are these uh, deities that are uh, originate maybe in Japan, <laughs> but we can uh, talk about that a little bit more later when we maybe when we talk about Buddhism. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I was, I, I was going to, um, yeah. In fact, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll bring us to the Buddhism thing and bring us back. But sure. just to touch on that, when Buddhism first arrived in, um, in Japan, the, mm -hmm. was is it true that I think this was part of your series because I watched a lot of stuff <laughs> in preparation for this, but the series that you did with Religion for Breakfast, um, which was fantastic by the way, I recommend everyone goes oh, and, and watches that. So. People consider there were certain clans, I think that's the right word, or groups, yes. or um, mm -hmm. cool clans, yeah, clans that that that's that saw Buddhist um, deities as part as kami's, and then there were other people who said no, 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 the the it's the other way around. Is that right? Yes. Uh, so this has been a long historical conversation in Japan. So uh, sorry, you. I'll start at the beginning. So you asked me. Um, when Shinto started, let's yeah. let's start there because it'll yeah it'll let's make go sense. let's go back let's go back around yeah yeah sure cool. so it's really hard to talk about the origin of of Shinto uh, because the the these 
uh, ritual traditions that are focused on the kami have uh, been around since before we have records in Japan. Right. In sort of ancient period, right? But we only have the the term or the the Chinese characters used for uh, Shinto used uh, later in like the seventh century um, or the eighth century in in Japan. And when those characters are used, uh, scholars uh, such as uh, John Breen have argued that they don't actually mean Shinto as we think about it today and Mm -hmm. that... uh, this this uh, religious tradition that we kind of think of as a semi-coherent whole mm-hmm. doesn't really pop up until the modern period. So we can talk about kami worship and uh, kami cults, small c, like no scare quotes cults, just like yeah. small groups of religious traditions um, er- early in, in Japanese history. But it becomes very difficult to talk about Shinto as a kind of united self-identified tradition until later in Japanese history at the earliest, like 1700s. So that being said, there were uh, people worshiping Kami uh, when the the Buddha and, and Buddhism or Buddha's plural came to Japan in the sixth century. So in the 500s, Buddhism comes from India through China, through the Korean Peninsula, all the way down to Japan. And at that point, when you have these kind of native deities meet these foreign deities, uh, people basically said, oh, well, these these foreign deities must be similar to the ones that we have. They're just foreign kami. And then Mm. the Buddhists had to explain, no, it's a little deeper than that. You know, we have this whole tradition. Uh, mm-hmm. And so this was the beginning of over a thousand years of history of people who worship Kami and, and Buddhists who are often the same people um, yeah. discussing like how they could be related. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I've always found it interesting that, uh, you know, there are, there's the argument that Buddhism isn't necessarily a religion or the Buddha wasn't a religious mm. prophet, but he was more like a philosopher. Um who was who who gained enlightenment whatever that means in this context and and the reason why there's you know inside of buddhism there's reincarnation and and all all of all of those things is because that was the cultural norm inside of india at the time that's what they thought that's what the the general populace thought um correct me if i'm wrong um that's how i i've i've heard it talked buddhism be talked about is that similar Mm -hmm. to the kami in that there wasn't like this organized like this is shinto and we follow shinto of course you mentioned that that word shinto didn't even arrive until you know only 500 300 years ago or something but the the idea of kami worship has been around for much much longer is that right yes Um, So, you know, the issue of whether uh, Buddhism is or isn't a religion is also an issue that we see uh, in Shinto as well. So it's important to uh, recognize that, like, the term in English, you know, religion, um, didn't have a... Uh, an equivalent in the Japanese language until the modern period. So um, one uh, episode in Japanese history that was really a turning point is um, 
in the mid-1800s when Commodore Matthew Perry, who is an American naval officer, comes to Japan and says, hey, you know, you need to open up to trade and other things because we would like to buy and sell with you and, and make lots of money. And at that time, uh, the shogun, who is the military leader of Japan, uh, was, you know, thinking it over. And part of the, the terms of the treaty that eventually was uh, agreed upon between uh, the American, you know, naval officers who rolled up in their gunships and were basically like, hey, you know, we're going to blow shit up if you're not going <laughs> to open trade to us. Uh, one of the terms of this treaty between the shogunate, the, the samurai government, and uh, the American Navy was uh, religious freedom. And suddenly, in this kind of legal and military context, uh, the, the, the government of the archipelago that we now think of as Japan um, had to suddenly figure out, like, uh, what qualifies as religion mm. and what doesn't. And this uh, question continues through uh, the, the middle 1800s until 1868, when the Meiji government, um, which is kind of the, the beginnings of the modern state of Japan, we could talk about the Japanese government at that time, took over. And in their constitution in the 80s, they also had uh, the article for religious freedom. And so suddenly, as uh, Jason Josephson's storm in The Invention of Religion in Japan, uh, excellent book, 2011, and uh, Julian Baraka Thomas's book, Faking Liberties, which really you know dives into the issue of uh, American and Japanese relations and the issue of religious freedom. Uh, the Japanese government had to decide what was religion and what wasn't. So at that point, uh, we have the translation of the, the English term religion into Japanese, shūkyō, which basically means like sectarian teachings. Um, so the term like kyo had been applied to uh, Buddhism previously. Buddhism in, in Japanese is bukyo, you know, the, uh, the, the sectarian teachings or the doctrine of the Buddha. But mm -hmm. Shinto is, is not a, a kyo or a doctrine. It's a, it's a do, like uh, the Tao, Taoism, the way, or any kind mm -hmm. of uh, martial art tradition. Uh, like Aikido, Judo, Kendo, that Do is the same. And so uh, Shinto wasn't really, didn't really fit into this idea of doctrine, um, but it was kind of religious enough that the, the government had to decide whether or not it was a religion. And so at that point, the government had decided what was Shinto at this point. We can talk about Shinto um, in those terms. And then it kind of separated Shinto into sectarian or religious Shinto. So at this point, they're thinking of religion as a, a private or a, a personal faith. And separate from that was kind of civil rituals. So uh, rituals that uh, are important to the emperor and um, the sun goddess Amaterasu, who we'll talk about when we get to mythology. <laughs> I don't want to get too deep. But basically, in the and late 1800s, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, deep no, drinks, no, we're getting we deep really quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the government had to decide what was religion and what was not. Shinto was split between religious Shinto and like national patriotic Shinto. So yeah, some yeah, of it was okay. religious and optional. And some of it was patriotic and like not optional. So uh, prior to this whole 
debacle in the 1800s, we can't really talk about the term religion um, in Japan uh, in terms of like Shinto or even even Buddhism. This was a really new conversation for them. They just didn't think about these uh, ritual traditions and deities uh, in the mm. same way that uh, Western empires did. Interesting. It, there's so many parallels. I'm doing a lot of research at the moment um, into Aboriginal Australia. Um, oh, yeah. As you know, like a really old culture. I think the oldest culture um, in the world. And I've got this, this map at home, and it's like all the Aboriginal nations and language groups. I know none of them. Absolutely none of them. I know nothing mm. about Aboriginal culture, and it is one of the oldest in the world. And it's the, like, the country of which I'm born in. You know, and it's like I know nothing about it, and I'm like, that's really sad that I know more about Greek mythology and and everything else than, and it's right. kind of like, it's kind of like I think the reason is 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 kind of what is 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 I can kind of um, empathize with the Japanese people. It's like the outside world comes in, and they're like, hey, we do things this way, and they're like scram scrambling to try and make sense of like, okay, well, how do we fit our stuff into these boxes? Um, you know, like what is religion? What is ceremony? What is ritual? What like and having to try and fit their way of life into the outside perspective. And I think, unfortunately for Aboriginal Australia, um, it hasn't gone too well because they, it hasn't, hasn't been adopted or, or and, I, and I think it's a real shame. Um, but when it comes to, when it comes to Shinto, is there, is there, do you see a difference between, because what you do is, um, is participant ob observation, right? So you, mm -hmm. You run, you help run ceremonies and things like that over in Japan. Um, is there, is there a, do you see a difference between the rituals that maybe someone might do for good luck or to pray to the kami as part of a tradition or um, like saying grace before dinner when you, your family's not really religious or something versus mm. people who have like a deep, other people have like a deep spiritual connection with this concept of Shinto or is that, not something really relevant to Shinto. Um, I hope that the question makes sense. No, it does. Yes. Um, so yes, I think uh, what what I hear you saying is that there's a spectrum of sort of like cultural and um, just like mm, not really civil, but like everyday rituals that people do, whether mm. or not they have deep feelings or personal investment in a particular tradition, all the way over to um, you know, more personally invested in a, in a particular tradition. Well, and a great example might be like mobster, the mobsters. Why, where's that word come from? But like yeah, the mafia, well, they'll, they'll do like, uh, like, mm. you know, the Russian, uh, not Russian, but you know, like someone who may be practicing Catholic traditions, like confession mm -hmm. and stuff, but they're, they're like, you know, killing people or whatever like they're they're doing things like they're doing rituals to help themselves mm -hmm. or praying to certain saints and stuff doing things but they don't mm -hmm. have necessarily this like this like deep internal like conviction towards their religion they're just doing it as part mm -hmm. of a tradition is there is that is, is that dichotomy in shinto is is there a dichotomy like that in shinto or is it mm -hmm. is that not even a question that's logical to ask in the concept of shinto that's a really good question um, so like figuring out degrees of belief or, mm. or like personal identification and, um, investment in like particular ideas or, or spiritual powers is a very Western religious concept, mm. right? 
Um, so I do think that we see this spectrum throughout Japan. There are some people who will just stop by a shrine um, because they have something going on in their life and who doesn't, you know, appreciate a little, you know, boost in luck. Mm. Um, and there are people who go to shrines, you know, every single day and have a very personal relationship with particular kami, um, and, and really feel that, that presence in their lives, uh, more strongly. So I think that we see this, this wide range of uh, responses and investment in Shinto, uh, like from the laity, you know, folks who aren't Shinto priests. Uh, we see that we see that in Japan as well, because of this kind of really baggage heavy history of like the term religion and what it means to be religious, you know, as a kind of foreign concept in Japan. Uh, sorry if you can hear my dog. That's okay. Um, We're a dog friendly stream. My dog does it Great. <laughs> when you ask people if they're religious, uh, they, they tend to say no, because when they think of religion, it's kind of big R orthodoxy. Um, yeah. They think of doctrines and founders and sacred texts, which is uh, not really something that Shinto has. But if you ask people, uh, and, and these are backed up by surveys, like, do you go to shrines? Do you give offerings? Do you, uh, you know, pray to the deities? Uh, a lot of people will say, yes, they do it uh, once a year at New Year's, which is a very special time in Japan, or at particularly trying times in their life at milestones, that type of thing. Um, so when you're talking as an anthropologist, when you're talking about any, you know, large group of people, there is a huge range in how people respond to things. So it's hard to talk mm. about, you know, Shinto as one huge thing. There's a lot of uh, diversity. Um, but generally speaking, because Shinto is primarily thought of as, as a do, as a way of living your life, as a set of customs and traditions, um, you do see a lot of people in Japan that, that participate in that and, and might not think of it as, you know, religion. Mm, interesting interesting that's that's uh very interesting i i'm not sure if i've ever sh uh shared this this story um on on the stream but i'll share i'll share it in the future but part of my part of my experience about when i was a, a christian is i went to these shinto sh shrines uh mm. in, in japan and i noticed that people were doing certain rituals like they were putting incense in and they're blowing the smoke on their face or they're putting the smoke on their face as like a cleansing uh, uh, that would have been a Buddhist a, temple. Ah, uh, okay. That was outside the Osakasa temple, um, which is, I think, has Shinto connected to. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. not sure. I'm not 100% mm -hmm. sure. But I remember, I remember for me, that was a really stumbling block in my faith because I saw these these people doing something that I considered not part of like my religious um, worldview. Um, and mm -hmm. I looked at that and was like, and I thought to myself, like, are they really being cleansed, like, of their of whatever's happening? And then if they, and I grew up in a very Pentecostal, speaking in tongues, everything's demons mm. kind of church. So I'm looking at that, going, are they really being cleansed? And even if they weren't being cleansed or whatever's happening to them, does it matter? Like, do, if you could prove to them that nothing was happening, does it matter? And then I was like, what about my beliefs? And then I started questioning, like, what exactly. if? What about? So that for me, it was a big moment for me. I'll go into that story one one time in the future because that, that's a big part of my journey, but. Um, not in this podcast, but another one. But yeah, there's, it's, it was really interesting to see that. But I, I did enjoy going uh, to the. Uh, there was one Shinto temple we went to in Tokyo where you like you wash your hands at the start. Um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, the really popular one near um, Shibuya. 
um, the big one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot what it's called, but it was. I should have got the name for it, but yeah, it was. It was a really good one. The, there are so many of them. Is is the tricky part, right? Yeah. Um, was it in the middle of like a big forest? Oh, yeah, and it was like barrels of of uh, sake. Yes, on I know exactly yeah. which one that is. Yeah. Actually, uh, yeah. that's Meiji Jingu, Meiji Shrine, yeah. Meiji Grand Shrine. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, yeah, right. in the middle of Tokyo. Um, yeah. it's it's you're- beautiful stunning and you're in the middle of the city and then all of a sudden yes bam you feel like you're in the wilderness Mm -hmm. and it's like it's really cool i loved it that's one of my Um, favorite examples yeah um so so how long has uh um shinto existed in not shinto i guess um kami worship how long has kami worship Mm -hmm. existed like when does the first when can we trace the roots of kami of this tradition back to like estimations Sure. Oh, okay. So this gets into archaeology, which is yeah. <laughs> not exactly my field. Um, but so it's definitely kami worship is thousands of years long. The the tricky part is that the written documents that we have from Japan only start in the 700s. So when right. you're thinking about the ancient period, uh, you know, BC there could be thousands of years of when did, worship of things that could have been coming. Mm, uh, but when we when did writing start have stuff. In, in Japan? I'm when really bad with history. Start? I'm trying to learn, but. Uh, that's oh, a really please. great question. Uh, it's, it's hard to say. So I am more familiar with the beginning of uh, writing that's based on Chinese characters that comes to Japan, you know, from uh, the Asian continent. A lot of stuff moves through the Asian continent to uh, Japan in, you know, the early uh, hundreds CE. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So So we know that there was more writing in Japan prior to the 700s, but it's likely that a lot of it was lost in uh, fires, uh, mm-hmm. earthquakes, or just degraded. You know, the the materials yeah. are are natural. They're made out of you know wood. A lot of stuff was inscribed on on bamboo uh, slats or, or slips. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> you know, the difficult part about it, uh, archaeology is that that stuff breaks down over time. So uh, mm. the first written works that we have are from uh, 712 and 720 CE, which are actually kind of related to Shinto mythology. Um, but we know that there was writing prior to that because these texts, you know, reference uh, things from from the past. But unfortunately, they're lost. So there's a lot of um, debate in Japan, uh, Japanese archaeology and ancient history about when uh, kami worship started. It was either in the the Jomon period or the Yayoi period. Um, ah, so yes. You- are you a little I bit? Don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know when they. Okay. <laughs> no. uh, so, uh, hmm. Have you seen <laughs> Avatar: it's The like, Last Airbender? Like, <laughs> no, I haven't. But this is like okay. This is like explain explain Kami to like a sixth grader. That's what you're doing right now. So like, when is that? Yeah. So, sorry. <laughs> so uh, there there are these these two ancient civilizations in Japan. Uh, the the Jomon people are thought to be like the the indigenous people of Japan. The 
so the Jomon period, the period that this culture is, is uh, believed to have been lived in, is from 6,000 CE to 300 CE. Wow, okay. Uh, I mean, right. it's really hard to say anything about that period, but archaeologists yeah. do their damnedest. And I, I'm not an archaeologist, so I'm not going to speculate about what happened during that period. But uh, a major turning point in ancient, ancient Japanese history is uh, when the Yayoi period starts. So the Yayoi pe people, uh, again, you're, the whole audience will remember this, uh, yes. come from yeah. the continent through the Korean Peninsula to Japan. Yeah. And mingle and displace uh, with the, the Jomon people. And they bring with them uh, wet rice agriculture. So bringing uh, this type of uh, agriculture is really a sea change in the history of Japan. And this is when we start to see, um, you know, more people coming together in villages. And then eventually the Yayoi people um, found a state, the Yamato court. And then from then we have a lot more historical records because the court likes to write down what they're doing, uh, which goes back to Shinto mythology. So it's hard, it's really hard to say how far back kami worship may have started with the, the Jomon people, but we have a lot more evidence, uh, starting in 300 BC when the Yayoi, uh, kind of take over. Okay, interesting. And well, that's I, condensing like tens of thousands of years into a nutshell. So yeah, yeah. Go read more no, about I, it. I I appreciate it, and I can see why you're interested in this because it's it's so diverse. Um, and what I really appreciate about appreciate about um yourself and people like Dr. Josh, who was trolling in the chat before, is um you guys always. Well, he's he's a he's a um seriologist um phd and you're you know going to be a phd short soon mm -hmm. i'm sure soon. um is <laughs> is um is you'll always say i'm not an expert in this in this area and you'll you'll leave it you'll you'll always you'll never step outside of your a, a kind of um area of expertise which i've noticed you've, you've said a few times you're not expert here not expert here which is really interesting because um i i find that that's a that's a huge dichotomy from some of the um alternative kind of histories that you kind of see online that like are, are like you know um fringe ideas about like certain groups or whatever they'll always say they know everything you know um hey d hey it's nice to see you um Hi, and i really appreciate that you, you you do that you say we're not an expert in this this is what i'm an expert in and you try and condense ten thousand years of history into like a <laughs> just this thing okay so let me try and um wrap my head around this a little bit so um very complex uh, how long shinto has existed and um the worship of kami has ex existed um what is shinto from like a religious perspective so let's say you're talking to in the average australian who may not know anything about buddhism or anything and maybe they're a christian or something how does how does shinto different differentiate from say christianity as a religion or another type of religion sure wow that's a big question <laughs> so, <laughs> this is what we do sorry if how, any of these questions yeah. are too to just pivot pivot to something that's more reasonable uh, that's, because... that, that's okay um as a as a protestant christian myself um i'm presbyterian this is you know something that i think about a lot um so some of the basic ways that Shinto is different from, uh, let's say, Abrahamic faiths. Uh, we can we can talk about you know 
Western big R religion pretty, pretty clearly. So Christianity tends to be transcendentalist. Um, there is, you know, a God that is, you know, outside of and kind of, you know, rules over the universe, mm -hmm. let's say. Where at, in, in, in uh, religious studies terms, whereas uh, Shinto is more imminent. So the, the deities uh, of Shinto are thought to kind of live uh, around and, and beside the, the people who, who worship them. As I mentioned earlier, a lot of uh, the kami are, are tied to natural phenomenon. Um, a kami might be thought to uh, reside not permanently dwell, but maybe temporarily in a, a really old tree or a really impressive rock. Um, one kind of early, philo uh, more modern philosopher of uh, Shinto, um, uh, Motori Nunyaga, um, uh, he said that, uh, you know, the kami provoke the sense of like awe or wonder. Um, that is, you know, in, in the natural world. That being said, kami are not all natural. So a lot of people like to boil Shinto down to a nature religion, um, but mm -hmm. that's not really what it is. I've had a lot of the folks who I've talked to who uh, practice Shinto outside of Japan and might not be Japanese themselves compare Shinto to Catholicism in the fact that they're both very uh, ritual heavy. So in Shinto, mm. most of the, the energy is, is put into how to do certain rituals appropriately in order to uh, live in harmony with these kami. So the kami have the power to either punish you uh, if they don't like what you're doing or to kind of bless you um, if you uh, propitiate them and are, are grateful for uh, their blessings. Kami are thought to have like this generative power. So for example, people conduct rituals in Shinto um, for a good harvest, um, at the beginning of the rice planting season, at the end of it, at certain periods during the year. Um, so, you know, kind of cultivating uh, this good relationship and then, you know, the blessings that are, are consequent of this happy relationship with the kami is really important. Um, so there is a lot of ritual involved in, in Shinto. So uh, one view of Western religion is that, you know, they have a particular founder and a, a sacred text like uh, the Bible or the Quran and, uh, you know, some kind of doctrine, you know, what uh, adherents of the religion believe. Shinto doesn't quite have any of those. You can't uh, trace these rituals to the kami back to any one particular person. There are a variety of traditions within Shinto uh, from one shrine to the next or dedicated to one god to the next. Um, there's no sacred text, really. There mm -hmm. are uh, prayers that have uh, called norito, which have been handed uh, down through the generations. And there's mythology, but there isn't like a single text that people um, think there's like a, a sacred, you know, inspiration behind um, that they need to really like memorize and live by. And uh, in terms of doctrine, there isn't really anything, you know, hard uh, that you need to adhere to in order to mm -hmm. practice uh, Shinto. 
generally, some of the concerns within Shinto are, you know, living in harmony uh, with the kami and um, maintaining uh, personal purity, um, mm. which I can unpack a little bit if you like. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, unpack it. Unpack it for sure. Sure. So you mentioned earlier that when you went to Meiji Shrine, you had to wash your hands, right? Yeah. When you enter under the the Tori Gate, which is the it's usually big and red. It's not always big. It's not always red. <laughs> uh, it's not <laughs> even always wood. Um, uh, my next project is all about Tori Gate, so I will not go down that rabbit hole. Um, after you enter under the Tori Gate, that's a marker of sacred space. You're entering into a a pure space in which the kami reside when you enter this space uh it's thought that like you have uh you carry with you impurities from the mundane the profane world that you're stepping in from so you've been walking through the city all day um you know maybe you uh went to a restaurant or whatever and so you're coming into the sacred space you need to purify yourself in order to be in right relationship with the kami uh mm -hmm. Purification can happen in a number of ways in Shinto. One way is uh, through the use of water. Uh, when we get to Shinto mythology eventually, uh, I can I can talk about the origins of, of Harae. Oh, beautiful. Yes, that is Meiji so Shrine. Yeah, so this is us. Uh, I don't want to gorgeous. too much stuff. Maybe <laughs> or maybe you have a picture of you but, washing your hands. Yeah, we have oh, one. Lovely. It will be one of us so you guys had a good time. somewhere. Yeah. You got to take a picture. I have, I have so many of them. Uh, but yeah, it was. So while was... you're looking for that, there's usually like a, a water fountain uh, where, oh, there's the sake barrels and the wine barrels. Um, you have to wash your hands. So using running water is one way of, of purifying yourself. There are two types of, so the opposite of purification, purity is pollution right? There mm -hmm. are two types of pollution, uh, according to Shinto thought. There's my dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, dad. The first is uh, kegare, which mm -hmm. is, uh, I relate it to, to dust or dirt. It's just something that you pick up from living in the world. You don't become impure from anything wrong that you did. It's just, you know, living in the world, you get a little dirty. When you come to talk to the gods, you need to clean up, right? Maybe you wear a button-down yeah. shirt or whatever. You got to wash your hands. So uh, kegare is, is this type of just pollution that comes from living in the world. There's a second type, tsumi. Sometimes it's uh, translated as sin, but this has a lot of, you know, like Christian baggage to it. But basically, it comes from the violation of a taboo. So it could be a social taboo. It could be something that pisses the kami off. Uh, so it's something that you did that was improper. Uh, and in, in that case, uh, that also causes pollution. And so Shinto is really focused on uh, purifying oneself at regular intervals, as well as when you enter a sacred space um, in order to talk to uh, the kami. So is, that's all about that, about <laughs> purification. Is is there like certain because I know that uh, obviously in the Abrahamic faiths there was a, there was a lot of especially in the Old Testament there was a lot of um of the of the Hebrew Bible the Old Testament of the Christian um, Bible there's a lot of uh, if you're you know if you're uh, if you've got certain physical disabilities you can't enter the Holy of Holies um, if you're um, you know it's I'm I'm happy to say that your church you mentioned 
before stream that your church is very LGBT friendly. Um, but uh, there are a lot of churches that, that aren't because they reference certain scriptures. Uh, is there anything like that uh, in Shinto where, um, or is there misogyny in Shinto or anything like that? Or any of these, I guess, um, not to be rude, but old yeah. moral ideas, I guess, from before before when we had toilet paper kind of thing, like very old <laughs> concepts. I've never heard that. That's a really interesting <laughs> way of demarcating time yeah. before we had toilet paper. Yeah. Yes, before we had toilet paper, uh, <laughs> disability um, as well as being a woman uh, yeah. were, were considered sources of, of pollution, uh, potentially. Um, really? Yes. Uh, per, so one source of uh, pollution is, for example, uh, contact with death, yep. um, which anybody can have. Another source of uh, pollution is uh, blood. Um, right. So uh, Menstruation? We, women priests, yes, yeah, you're ahead okay. of me, um, yeah. uh, have to deal with this notion of, you know, menstrual blood can be uh, polluting or childbirth can be polluting. Yeah. Uh, my colleague, Dana Mer Dr. Dana Mersalis, um, is uh, turning her dissertation into a book specifically focuses on uh, women priests in you know the Shinto priesthood and how they deal with both misogyny and also <laughs> you know more uh, theological ideas of, of pollution. Um, because Shinto is a, is a ritual uh, uh, tradition and has these kind of ritual technologies to deal with pollution, uh, women and other folks have found ways of purifying themselves um, so that it's it's less of an issue. There's, like, there's basically like a ritual hack for that now. Okay, cool. cool. Um, yeah. And other people don't see it so much as an issue. Um, my, my friend, Dr. Miscellus, has talked to women who say, yeah, you know, I, I don't really think that's like a contemporary thing. I don't think the kami are, are really worried about that. But then she'll yeah. talk to somebody else at the same shrine and they'll have a very different view of it. So as an anthropologist, yeah. uh, I'm very wishy-washy about like hard, <laughs> yeah. what people yeah. think because as soon as you find somebody who thinks something, you find someone else who believes the opposite, you know? Yeah, yeah. But That's yeah, so um, disability and also being a woman um, definitely enter into these discussions of, of pollution and purity. Uh, sometimes women in uh, Japanese religious traditions, including Shinto, but also like Shugendo, which is a mountain ascetic tradition that's related to Shinto, but not. Also, um, there are certain like mountains or areas that women are not supposed to like enter into because um, right. it's only for dudes. They, uh, <laughs> they, they said God, God made, made us gross. <laughs> yeah, we can. Would we like to? Okay, I know there was a question or two. Yeah, let's get to, um, let's get to, yeah. there's two questions. Um, thanks for turning out guys. I know that we've had a couple of weeks off, so it's good that it's good that some of you guys have come Appreciate back to you. say hello. Um, so the first question is from Palmer McMath. Uh, Palmer. Is there any relation to, I'm not going to pronounce that, German period? <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Can you read that um, question? Yes. Okay. Hello, everybody. Hi, Palmer. Thanks for all this. Hope you could answer my question here. But is there any relation to Jolmon period dogu figurines and Shinto practice or regalia? 
Um, so no, to the best of my knowledge, <laughs> Dogu are not related to Shinto practice. Um, I'm not an expert in Dogu. I'm sorry. Uh, other than um, their Pokemon manifestations. I have no idea um, what you're talking about, but this is. If you if you Google uh, oh, Dogu I recognize Pokemon, that. I recognize that Pokemon. I recognize that right? Pokemon. That's yeah. I, it's not it's not a Pokemon, but I recognize the figurine that look. Yeah, that's interesting. Yes. Wow. Okay. So, um, Baltoy and Clay Doll which are these two Pokemon, sorry if you don't play Pokemon, um, are related to these uh, figurines uh, called Dogu. I am not oh. a specialist in Dogu, so I'm very sorry. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not quite sure no. what they're for. Um, they're, they, they were definitely related to some kind of ritual tradition, um, but no one's entirely sure like what they were for even the experts like they have their own ideas um but it's not like 100 percent sure uh some of the shinto uh material culture the you mentioned the term regalia um that we do know pretty well of are the three imperial regalia so there's the the sword the mirror and the jewel so a Again, when we get to Shinto mythology, maybe we should do that next. We can yeah. uh, talk about them, but uh, they were uh, very quickly, they were gifts given from the uh, imperial ancestress, the great, 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 great times a million grandmother of the Japanese emperors. They were gifts like sacred treasures that she gave to the emperor as signs okay. of his uh, power. So you can maybe see them in museums, but there's a lot of uh, argument over, are they the real ones? Are they facsimiles? Does somebody have a secret real one somewhere else? It's kind of like national yeah. treasury. And these oh. appear in anime a lot. Okay. Uh, Dee asked, how closely is Shinto related to the Japanese imperial family? Quite. So good, good <laughs> question. Uh, so we've covered that a little bit. Um, so... This is where we get into some of the modern history of Shinto. So in terms of like the long tail history of Shinto, there is this myth that uh, the Shinto deity, the goddess Amaterasu, goddess of the sun, who lives in Shinto heaven, is the great, 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 great grandmother of the current Japanese emperor. Um, so that she basically, her grandson founded the imperial uh, family of Japan in uh, the Yamato court that I mentioned earlier, um, kind of carries that on. So these rituals to the kami that are associated with the imperial family are a part of Shinto. However, um, during World War II, uh, particularly, you know, the Americans and the British and the allied powers in general made a lot of uh, the relationship between um, uh, Shinto and the imperial family and the imperial family did the same thing again uh, check out faking liberties by dr julian baraka thomas from the university of pennsylvania uh 2019 i think it came out it's it's so good um 
So uh, Shinto is related to the Japanese imperial family. However, that part of Shinto is not important for a lot of other folks who, who practice Shinto. So just because you practice Shinto doesn't mean you have any particular ideas um, about the emperor these days. But it is, um, you know, like one key aspect of Shinto throughout uh, history. That was a lot. I condensed so much there. <laughs> I feel I feel like um, I'm leaving out so much. We, 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 we I, I feel like we need to have you on again because I feel like I can't even. Uh, we, I feel like I'm not even scratching the surface at like how this topic is obviously way bigger than um than I initially <laughs> initially. There's so much. Like I feel so unprepared now about like like I thought I was like I did my research, but I feel so I'm like. Wow, you did, you did. Um, All right, so let's see. Um, if you want to learn more about the history of Shinto and if we want to move more into like anthropology or mythology or something, um, then you can check out my series for Religion for Breakfast on mm -hmm. Shinto. It's five episodes now. It will be six soon. A bonus episode will come out. Um, and you can learn more about the historical relationship between the imperial family, the Japanese modern government, and Shinto um, in the third video, which is called When Shinto Became a Quote-Unquote Religion. Um, and we break that down like a little bit more. Um, this is a That's the first series. video. Yeah, this is the first video. And this is it's Thank a fantastic you. series. So that will give you like an overview of like, what is Shinto? When yeah. did it start? Um, what is it now? <laughs> and then we, we break like, down. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say we needed like a like a like we needed everyone to sit down and watch this whole series before jumping in here, so we could like have some because I, I watched it and it's still I still feel like I can't sink my teeth in. Like there's so much to learn. Um, I'm just I'm I just so come sorry. from a very different. So... No, it's not your fault. I, I I just come from a very different. You know. Um, uh, it's interesting because I come from a very different perspective with the Abrahamic faiths and and not knowing much about Japanese culture um, uh, and Japanese religion, obviously. Um, but this would also yeah, so be a good... Sorry, go. What were you saying? Uh, we're taught a lot about like the Abrahamic faiths and like some of the quote-unquote world religions in school, right? Um, but sometimes we hear a little bit about Shinto and sometimes we don't hear anything. So when I'm when I'm teaching folks about Shinto and unless they're like a, a pretty hardcore Japanophile or they've visited some shrines, they maybe have heard of the term before, but they they're not really sure like what it is. My seventh grade history teacher, which is when you usually learn about like world religions in the America, um, he did not do a very good job because he was on drugs. So oh, okay, good. <laughs> I never learned about Shinto until I got to college, really. Oh, um, wow. And some folks have heard about it in middle school. Some folks haven't. So um, we're we're always kind of at a, at a disadvantage learning about Shinto. We just don't have like the same cultural yeah. um, on-ramp that we do about and a lot of other traditions and that's why and that's why i'm so glad to have you on because it's it's always good to learn um learn something totally outside i feel i feel like i can't there's nothing to hold on to i feel like i'm very lost which is which is good i'm so sorry um, yeah no, focus no, on the rituals good. and it's the good, kami and you'll be okay <laughs> <laughs> so uh i also want to promote obviously you've got your you've written um a, a few chapters or one chapter 
uh, and the co-chapter in the Bloomsbury mm -hmm. Handbook of Japanese Religion. Uh, yes. I have ordered one and it's on its way. Um, that I've, I've read, I've read some of the start of this book and I've read your, your, um, chapters are really good. Uh, Thank of you. course your website as well. If you want to learn more about Caitlin and what she's up to, you've got links galore and everything that you're currently working on as well as your amazing eat, pray, love, uh, eat, pray anime <laughs> channel, <laughs> uh, which is, which is a good one as, as well. Uh, I do, I do want to um, uh, touch on Shinto mythology. I want to be yeah. careful of your time, though, because I also want to fit in the anime tier list um, at some stage. Yes, just so, just so, just so we can um, get people fired up in the chat. Because I know that everyone mm. will disagree with everyone, and it'll be funny. Um, <laughs> this and, is so uh, dangerous. So we have on uh, record our anime picks. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's um let's talk a little bit about um the uh Shinto mythology. Uh mm -hmm. let's let's touch a little bit about that. Um and then we'll wrap this up with a um we, we only got through like a quarter of what, what I what I hope to get through, but uh, and then we'll do the anime question and then we'll finish off with some questions. So if you guys have some questions, um, leave them in the comments and we'll touch on them at the end. But um, thank you, everyone. Um, let's jump into yes, the mythology do. and the anthropology. Sure, 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 sure. Okay. Tell me. The mythology and the anthropology are two completely different things, but the, the <laughs> okay. mythology. Okay, here we go. Um, I will dive less deep this time. So Shinto mythology, when people are talking about it, they usually reference um, two texts. I mentioned these earlier. Uh, the well, I didn't mention them by name, but uh, so the Kojiki or the Record of Ancient Matters and the Nihon Shoki, the Chronicles of Japan, are commissioned by the Yamato Court, which was established by the Yayoi people. See, now we're like cooking with steam. We know some things. Yeah, 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 yeah. In uh, the 700s and 712 for the Kojiki, 720 for the uh, Nihon Shoki. We get these imperial histories that are written kind of in the style of, of China. So China had these dynastic histories, um, like the, the, the Book of Han from the Han Dynasty, the Book of Tang, etc. They were writing uh, similar uh, books themselves because they were trying to legitimate you know, the, uh, the, the emperor and the court of various noble clans. And part of that legitimation was using the mythology um, that they had about the kami that they said that their clans descended from. So basically the emperor and all his buddies said that they were descended from Shinto deities, the kami, even though Shinto is not an idea right now, but we'll use a shorthand. And they said, you know, we are very powerful and special because we descend from these deities and here are their stories. So these two um, documents, the Kojiki and the Nihon Shoki, start with the age of the gods or the age of the kami. And they tell certain myths that were curated um, to legitimize their rule. So there were probably lots of other myths um, about different kinds of kami, but the only ones that got recorded and you know reproduced were these ones related um, to the political elites. And so um, we were going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what is the Shinto creation myth? Um, mm. This is uh, tricky because, you know, it's it's one story perpetuated, well, a few stories perpetuated by uh, well, the Yamato I court. I need to stop you there, actually. Yes. Um, the, the, the Shinto creation myth. Okay, so mm -hmm. we have creation stories from many religions. 
and yes. we have um, uh, Islamic young earth creationists who take it the, the story of uh, Adam and Eve literally as well as um, Christian young earth creationists things like mm. that are there Shinto mm -hmm. are there people who don't see it as mythology are there like people who see the story or, or are they just accepted gen gen like is there young earth Shinto um, creationists or is there no not really <laughs> Yeah. Um, that was important to like a couple of dudes in the 1700s <laughs> okay. and then, um, was important and then we got paper. to, and then we got toilet yeah. paper. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the modern Japanese government felt, uh, that it was important to have, uh, the creation myths in their textbooks for youth, um, to kind of support the, the propaganda of the state. But mm -hmm. nowadays, and prior to all of that kind of national um, fomenting, uh, it wasn't really important whether or not they were, yeah. you know, true or that you believed in them very strongly. Um, but they would, you know, they would they would tell the story, and it gives you kind of a handle on maybe where everything started. Mm. Um, but where everything starts in these Shinto myths that were recorded um is really nebulous like literally um so you have these um creation gods three of them that kind of appear out of nowhere <laughs> and then after these three creation deities more deities just appear and um the 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 kojiki for example talks about how um the 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 land or the earth was floating in this like liquid like oil floats on water and that um eventually kind of like you know these oil droplets come together and start to form the land and it differentiates from heaven um but this is very amb ambiguous and amorphous Later in the mythology, we start to get some solid ground, like literally. Um, there are two deities, Izanagi and Izanami, uh, he who beckons and she who beckons, which are a uh, sister, brother, wife, husband duo, um, okay. which we Is, see in, in quite a lot of mythology. And they create the land. Just to interject uh, sorry, there. Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. um, have you played Minecraft before? I have not played Minecraft. Oh, no, Much this is going to sound so cringe and nerdy now. But oh, no. Tell me about I, Minecraft. When I, well, when I started, a, I started, there's a group of villagers in um, Minecraft and I bring them to my part and they're wearing, they wear red. So they look to mm -hmm. me um, like they look like, uh, I guess, um, Asian, um, not I guess in their clothing style, I guess. So I bring mm -hmm. them in and I call mm -hmm. the two, the, the mother and the father, even though there is uh -huh. no bi biologies, um, mm -hmm. Izukami and whatever the two words you just, I looked Izanagi it up. Izanagi and up. Izanami. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I named, I named, the, and I named those two and I'm like, they're the, they're the two. Then, and then I bred all the villages and then that's where all the They're like the prototypical. Like, they're the two. Yeah. They're, they're, father, the, right? they're, they're the mother and the father. And I made sure they stayed alive. They didn't, they died. Oh. But anyway. Just thought I would I would <laughs> tip tip my fedora to the conversation. Anyway, there you continue go. with the actual mythology. Some, yeah. some kami in the wild, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a lot that goes on with them, but long story short, uh, they use this fancy jeweled spear. They dip it into the the turbid waters of the world, and the the silt that drips from the spear creates the islands of Japan. 
at this time, they really don't care about all of the other land. So like in the 1700s, they were saying, oh no, like they created everything, not just Japan. But at that point, they were really only worried about the islands that, you know, yeah. the folks live on, right? And uh, eventually, uh, Izanagi and Izanami create many other uh, kami as their children and giving birth to uh, some very <laughs> painful deities, uh, the, some, some fire kami, Izanami, unfortunately, dies. And she goes to the land of darkness, uh, which is called Yomi, uh, sometimes called Shinto hell, but it's, it's not really hell. And um, so then you kind of get an Orpheus and Eurydice type story where Izanagi goes to the land of Yomi to ask the kami that are kind of uh, lording over Yomi if he can have his wife back. And it's really dark in there. And Izanami says, uh, I'll go ask them. You stay here. Don't try to look at me. And what does he do? He tries to look at her. So he strikes a match, basically, and uh, sees that she's like kind of a, a zombie. She's a corpse. She's rotting. She's infested with maggots. And um, he has kind of shamed her. And so he she chases him out. Of, of the land of Yomi. There's more stuff that happens because he's uh, come into contact with pollution. He needs to purify mm. himself. And so he goes to a river flowing water and performs misogi, which is how you purify yourself of water. And out of this uh, divine act of purification, he creates three really important deities in the Shinto pantheon. Amaterasu, the sun goddess, the ancestress of the imperial line in Japan. Uh, Susano, which is a kind of a god of like storms, that, that's up for debate. And uh, Tsukiyomi, who's kind of the, the god of the moon. And so from this act of uh, purification, we get the sun goddess. And then because she's the ancestor of the imperial line who commissioned this book, Two books about the mythology the rest of the mythology kind of focuses on her and her descendants i'm gonna stop there <laughs> uh, Why, there's a lot okay. more that is amazing that the the zombie part that's creepy i love creepy and that, that i have a video about that through the lens of naruto so if anybody want uh, two of them so if you want to learn about izanami uh. and izanagi and then amaterasu susano and tsukiyomi these are my uh two first videos you will see me looking uh, like a deer in the headlights in this very kitchen <laughs> uh, before I had a production value. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about Naruto. There's me in the middle awesome. of the pandemic. Okay. Cool. You can learn more. That's awesome. And I will be doing that. Um, I'll be definitely learning um, that because I haven't watched Naruto, so I didn't watch that episode, but I've watched uh, Spiritual Away, so I watched that episode that you Yay! did, Miyazaki. Um nice. So that is so. What what is that part of a holy text that someone can read, or a part of a or like where where can someone find that story? Where do like mm -hmm. or is are you are you combining a bunch of different sources, or mm -hmm. is there like mm -hmm. yeah? Because I think because I first reached out to you, I think in two thousand. I don't know. It was on Facebook, and I reached out and I said, "Hey, I saw you on Religion for Breakfast. Can you recommend a Shinto text I can read?" And mm -hmm. you're like, kind of, <laughs> like, kind of. Sorry, my answer is always kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, Scholarly uh, habit. Um, yeah, so you can read these 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 myths. Um, so the the Kojiki and the Nihon Shoki. The Kojiki is easier to get your hands on. Uh, 
so there there are three translations people argue about which is the best one some of them translate the names of the kami which a lot of people folks find really confusing so like the mm -hmm. sun goddess amaterasu if you translate it it's like shining heaven person uh okay. and so if you want to keep reading like and then shining heaven person said to rushing <laughs> raging man blah 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 <laughs> even me like i've been studying shinto for a decade right i'm like who are we talking about um so it's yeah. a little tricky um you can read one translation of the kojiki for free on uh sacred hyphen text.org they have okay. um the translation by basil hall chamberlain up there um there's a more okay. recent one by gustav helt but he translates the names so that's a little tricky but then the rest of the translation is a lot more readable than some of like the ye olden translations. Yeah, um, so okay. if you want to read it for free on the internet, here you go. <laughs> this is it. Awesome. awesome. 1919. Um, yeah. Wow. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> so, um, so let's, cause we're, we're all, we're running very quickly out of time and there's so much more yes. I want to cover, but that's okay. I we can stay for a little longer if, if you like um but okay. if you've well, got you know you want to go eat lunch i mean no no fun. it'll be like i we could be here all day um i we, think we would i think be. what, yeah, let's not what do we'll that. do if if um when you're a famous professor you're gonna have to come back on mm. um sure. and uh, hopefully next year and yeah well yeah <laughs> uh, hope, hopefully next year but let's let's jump into the anime stuff um yeah because because let's do we it. we will be um it would be i'd be in very big trouble if i didn't do the anime stuff so gotta do it. um okay so now keep in mind i don't know half i don't know any really much of these animes but i asked my younger brother to create a tier list of 25 animes um yes. and he said he said what do you want and like he had a million questions so i was like i don't know pop things that are popular things that are, that are cringe things that aren't cringe like just give me a, a broad spectrum so uh let's do this so i'll add this to the stream and i hope you can see that pretty well i can written... yeah pretty well okay cool okay um if you so can we... tell me the titles though okay uh, when we get to well, them that would be helpful awesome so what we'll do is do you, are you familiar with the tier list yes mm -hmm. okay so s is the best d is the worst um mm -hmm. so i might get these names wrong as well um but he wrote them down for me clanad yeah. after story so question are we ranking these in terms of personal preference or like shintoiness uh, um, <laughs> let's let's rate no personal preference yeah but okay. you can give it you can give it bonus points for whatever you want but let's go look, look, this is your sure. tier list, what you think Ooh. you think are, are good animes. and you have to you have to you see one of my favorite books we, mm -hmm. um is ready ready player one right i love but ready player re one yeah, yeah. But when I reread it now, because that was the book that got me into books. But when I reread mm. it now, I'm like, oh man, this was so juvenile compared to what I like. I still like it, but it's yeah. a little bit embarrassing when I'm as well because it's like it's one of my sure. favorite books. But so you have to be, you have to take all things into account. So That's right. although you might find some of these like cringy now, cringe. yeah, yeah, okay. So Clanad, Clanad after story. Yeah, you know, I've never read Clanad. Or or okay. watched it. I'm sorry, guys. I'm afraid right, I'm gonna cool. not. No, if you haven't, I've yeah, and if you haven't, there's so many oh, yeah. animes. But if you haven't there seen are. it, that's cool. We just won't put it on. Kill La yeah. Kill. 
Kill a kill. I like kill a kill. Uh, ooh, mm, a. I feel like that's a range. Okay. Oh. Okay. Cool. Do you have any Dragon ideas, Ball. Puppy? Dragon Ball Z. Ooh, not. Uh, mm, I've never. Okay, so I've never watched it. Um, okay. I'm like the the OG Pokemon generation. Uh, yeah. I was born in '94, so yeah. when I got to the period where Dragon Ball Z was popular. Um, boys were annoying and gross, so <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I naturally dislike Dragon Ball Z, but it's not anything related to the actual series, but I'm going to give it a D. Okay. Sorry, guys. Uh, okay. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> um, my dress up darling. Oh, I've never okay. even heard of that one. Okay. I hope he hasn't thrown in some like really messed up, like, um, hentai or something or something in there. Spy, <laughs> X, Spy X family. Oh yeah. S that's a good one. Yes. Okay. 10 out of 10 this, recommend. This is giving me, it doesn't have anything to do good... with Shinto. Okay, that's okay. Season two's um, coming out. It's great. Love it. Okay, awesome. I'll have to... I'll, uh, this will give me a good understanding of where I should um, start because I'm, I'm not a huge anime uh, watcher myself, but... Um... I, I I will say that I love I love anime. I, I watch a fair amount, but you know, being a PhD uh, student, I don't have a lot of free time. So oh, yeah. A lot I of think... this I watched in like middle school high school college <laughs> yeah. i'm a little out of date Saz. no i get the vibe that you're quite busy um we, when we were talking you're like well i'm in this country here i'm doing doing this and doing this and like you'll just travel you're like in this month i'll be in this state i'm like <laughs> Perpetually oh my unavailable. yeah <laughs> yeah uh What's so next? I, I, once again thank you so much kimi ni, sure. uh Todoke, I love kimi ni Todoke. i am an unapologetic okay. shoujo fan i'm gonna give that an s because is that this one here? everybody needs some like wholesome shy people you know live their lives and, and are happy uh energy is that is that that one up the top there that i put there um i i can't really see but let's see uh i i don't think so in. that looks like chainsaw man uh, okay is it this one <laughs> There you go. That I recognize right, cool. that. That's okay, cool. that's Kimi Okay, It's very cute. Okay. Chainsaw Man. Slow burn shoujo. Oh, Chainsaw Man is really good. Uh yeah, I I I would I would put that as an S. Oh wow, I'm getting a lot of S's. Um All right. Stain, <laughs> I either Stains... love something or I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. Stainsgate. Oh, I've never Stains... seen that one, but I've heard like really good things. So I'm gonna give that like a B. It's probably okay. like an A if I have seen it, but I have not. Okay. Um, Orimo. Um, he, he wrote, Or no imoto ga konami kawaii wake ga nai. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that one. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably, I'll probably spell it wrong. The melancholy, the melancholy of Haruhi. Uh, Suzumiya. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's definitely S tier. Um, oh that is a classic. Uh, it's a slow burn, but then once you get into it, you're like, "What the hell is happening?" Um, it's okay. <laughs> I hope I got the, that one up there. Cowboy. Yes, Beatles. that's correct. Oh yeah, S tier. Okay, and is that? I liked that the Netflix one? series. People can at me. <laughs> <laughs> is this? Uh, but is the Cowboy Beatles. Yeah. Oh, uh, Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, right. it is. Okay, I saw Faye. <laughs> yes. Cowboy Bebop is amazing. Shinichiro Watanabe is a genius. Um, he also did Samurai Shampoo. 10 out of 10 recommend. Okay. Uh, XXX Holic. 
Oh, I feel bad making everything S tier, but XXXholic <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> okay, S tier. Yes. Uh, I think that's, uh, Clamp. That's that one. Clamp is wonderful. Uh, the uh, original multiverse. Usagi drop, bunny drop. Ooh, I've never seen that one. Okay. Uh, cool. It looks cute. Make it a C. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Attack on Titan. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. I'm gonna give that one an A. Okay. Okay. It's like okay. good, but it's okay. It's not That's one I've heard of. That's one I've heard of. Yeah. Oh, um, that one's really really popular. Sword Art Online. This is one I've seen. Oh yeah. So it's interesting where you put this. I've seen like a few episodes. Okay, a few episodes. Like based on season one, it's an A. Based on what came after, it's like a B. Okay. Well, I didn't like it because it jumped oh. around this it jumped around too much. I wanted to see it the did. journey and I just felt like it was uh, like three months. It was later very was slice like, of life. And if that's like yeah. not your genre, um, yeah. then it's gonna be kind of confusing. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Ah, so I haven't seen it. My my sister loves it. I just I don't get it. I'm gonna give it a B because I feel like if I don't, people will hate me. Okay. <laughs> Tengen Topa Garen Lagan. Oh, Garen Lagan. I've uh I've never seen <laughs> Sorry that one my either. That's okay. Um, that one's very popular. I feel like okay. I feel like B. Okay. <laughs> Um, I've seen a couple episodes, I think, like a long, long time ago. It was, it was like nice. <laughs> Sakura Trick. Oh, I've never seen that one. Okay, let's leave it out. Um, sure. Golden Boy. Golden Boy? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I've never heard of that one. I thought it might be Golden okay. Kamui. <laughs> okay. Just different uh, and very Shin Shinto-y, maybe. Fruits Basket? Fruits Basket. I love that one. Uh, that one could be <laughs> S tier. I love it. Okay. Yeah. That was, I think, yeah. one of my first anime. Like, that, yeah. Well, not first, but it's really good. I'm a fan. I, okay, cool. Uh, oh, my gosh. Bake Monogatari. Oh, Bake Monogatari. I, yeah. <laughs> um, mm, B. B, okay. Uh, K on. Oh, I've you know I've never seen K on, but it's very it's very popular. Okay, uh, F L C L, fully coolly. Oh, I haven't seen that one either. Um, well, I haven't seen it all the way through, but it's visually stunning. Uh, yeah, C. I'll put like C okay. for it is a known quantity, but I haven't seen it. Okay, um, Mob Psycho, one hundred percent. I haven't seen that one either, but it okay. reminds me of Psychopaths, which is like an A. <laughs> you're a you're a PhD student um, candidate, so yeah, <laughs> you could, there's no no reason I, that you if should. I have to watch some anime, it's usually Shinto ones. Um, okay, because then I can call it work. <laughs> okay, awesome. Uh, oh, that looks in, like Gundam. Made in Abyss. Oh, it's not Gundam. Oh, it's maybe. Sometime. Maybe I'll skip one. Is there oh, a oh, 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 oh. I've, I've never seen that one either. But the okay. next one's Gundam, right? <laughs> yeah, Mobile Suit Gundam. Okay, so that was probably my first ever anime. I think I saw that prior to Pokemon. Um, there are so many of it that I haven't like seen them all, but I, I saw Mobile Suit Gundam, and I'm going to give that an A for nostalgia. Oh, awesome. Okay. All right, here we go. This is where oh. I think Sailor Moon. This is where I yeah. think... 
Okay, at me next time. I remember vividly, like, I would come back from elementary school and, like, kick my dad off the TV and watch Hamtaro and then Sailor Moon. So Funny Sailor Moon is definitely, like, right? Yeah. You just, yeah. <sighs> but uh, I'm going to give it an A. Okay, that's, that's fair. Uh, Death Note, everyone's favorite. Oh, I I did enjoy Death Note, except for the Netflix one. But it's not, like, my fave, so I'm going to give that a B. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to give Full Metal Alchemist a B. People are, like, super into it, and I'm... Uh, but like, Demon Slayer. It's fun. Oh, yeah, that's, that's like, S-tier Demon Slayer. Big okay. fan. There's some Shinto. So <laughs> there we go. You're, is, is, is Demon Slayer got Shinto in it? It's got some Shinto in there, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. So you're the second person to recommend Demon Slayer, I think. Oh, yeah. I it's think. an international so gonna... phenomenon. Check it out. Okay, I'm going to have to check out Demon Slayer. That sounds that sounds cool. Um, okay, well, hang on. Let's, let's add that. So that's pretty good. I think you've done pretty well. Um, it looks like you're definitely an anime fan because most of these are um, S-tier. Uh, if you could... <laughs> what's your favorite... Uh, Studio Ghibli film. Ooh, Princess Mononoke is my favorite. Um, yeah, that's that's got a lot of kami. Got a lot of kami in yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's it's like a little darker. It's a little more sophisticated than Spirited Away. Um, mm. But I love I love both of them, and Totoro. Yeah, um, uh, and yeah. pretty much all of the other ones. But yeah, Spir Princess Mononoke is my favorite. A few that you didn't have on there, um, I would recommend uh, Makoto Shinkai's two uh, most recent films, uh, uh, Your Name, Kimi no Nawa, very Shinto-y, and then uh, Weathering With You, which is also very Shinto-y. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. He's kind of the new uh, Hayao Miyazaki. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Wow, oh, that's that's a big that's big. Is he still is uh, he still making films? Miyazaki. Yeah. Well, y y yes. Um, he keeps like retiring and then doing more stuff because yeah, he gets I heard, bored. So, yeah. um, I heard that he's working on something now, and then he promises he'll retire. <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, um. Okay, so that it, we've gone through a huge like kind of crash course into Shinto. Um, so many more questions I'd love to to get to, to you with, and I might just drop them in with some of the audience questions. But um, I really wanted to, to uh, touch on you know the religiosity of Japan as well as the influence of Shinto, which is really arguably your expertise. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll ask a few of those questions, but. Um, it might be good to jump into the um, Q&A from the audience. So we had D who yeah, said, is there ancestor worship in uh, Shinto? Yes, there is. There is ancestor worship in, in Shinto. Um, however, a lot of the ancestor worship uh, today is kind of rooted through uh, Buddhist uh, ritual tradition rather than, than Shinto tradition. Um Shinto tends to focus on like this worldly life that we're in now. And mm -hmm. then after that, Buddhism kind of takes over. But there are uh, Shinto traditions for, for folks after they die. 
and uh, some some kami are also ancestral as well. So yes, uh, ancestor worship is part of Shinto, but I wouldn't say that Shinto is ancestor worship the same way yeah. I wouldn't say it is uh, nature religion. Um, but those are two yeah. components uh, that make up Shinto. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the, I think it was in the series that you did. It's, it's it's the old saying: people are born, people in Japan are born Shinto and die Buddhist. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's generally true today. Yeah. Cool. Uh, um, thanks for the answer there. Interesting. Um, there isn't any obvious connection. Mm. I was wondering that since uh, Masquerade is shown on Dogu figurines, perhaps there was an influence on later rites. Oh, sure. masquerade. Masquerade. Hmm. I'm not quite sure, um, but I'd love to look into that more. So uh, feel free to email me. Uh, yes, please give Caitlin more homework. Uh, how did Buddhism <laughs> affect the Shinto religion, or didn't it? Mm, a lot. <laughs> um, so I, a short answer is check out the video that I did for Religion for Breakfast. Um, about, you know, what's the history of, of Buddhism and Shinto. It's an over 1,000 year long relationship between Buddhism and Shinto. Uh, so when Buddhism came in, uh, as we mentioned in the, you know, the sixth century, that kind of started a conversation where they were like, okay, we have these deities from outside. We have the deities that we already worship here. What's their relationship? And lots of people had lots of answers for that over time. Um, and sometimes people said, oh, well, Buddhas are just foreign kami. And then later people said kami are just manifestations of the Buddhas. And then they went back and said, no, the Buddhas are actually kami, like the kami started. And then they went everywhere else. And then it came back as the Buddhas. Uh, so there's kind of been a, a fight for supremacy. Um, but historically speaking, Buddhist temples and Shinto shrines were uh, very related. In fact, a lot of times they were on the same ground. So we would call them temple shrine complexes. And so Buddhist priests might be, uh, or monks might be uh, performing rituals for the kami. Shinto priests might be, you know, doing stuff related to the Buddha. Um, this is why uh, there was a, a lot of uh, like syncretism between uh, Buddhism and Shinto uh, and that's the short answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yes, it affected um, Shinto. Shinto affected Buddhism. There's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that they seem to commingle so well. Like you'd never, I don't know, you might actually, but you'd, you'd never really see like a mosque and a, and a um, synagogue next to each other, like sharing the same complex where mm, maybe you do. Well, you, mm, maybe yeah. So. <laughs> but you do, but you do, but you do see that with in within, you know, Shinto and Buddhism. It's like, yes, we have seen that historically um, in the, the Meiji period, which I mentioned earlier. So basically like in the middle 1800s, the government like, made a law that the uh, the Buddhist temples and the Shinto shrines had to be separated. So that separation was very violent because they had been commingling for so long. And actually it led to a lot of violence against um, Buddhist um, temples and monks and they burned things down and they like melted um, bells to make like guns and stuff like that. Um, and there was also like a lot of fighting between Buddhist uh, monks and Shinto priests uh, historically. And I'm, I'm not gonna like get too far into that. Um, 
so it's always been kind of a, a tense uh, relationship between Buddhism and Shinto, um, but they have been interrelated and there isn't like a, an exclusionary relationship between them. You can do Shinto and Buddhist things. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Short. Uh, I'm going to get you to read this question because I'm going to pronounce everything wrong. Ah, uh, okay. That's fine. So uh, P says, asks uh, Amaterasu as Dainichi Nyorai, which is the solar Buddha. Uh, what does that speak on Shinto's ability of assimilation, at least before the Meiji era, before state Shinto came along? Thanks. Yeah, okay, so this is a really complex question. Uh, we, I do talk about this a little, well, uh, Andrew Mark Henry, who's the host of Religion for Breakfast, talks about this using my words um, uh, in uh, several of the videos. So yes, Amaterasu, the Shinto Kami, was related to or said to be like a manifestation or an avatar of the solar Buddha, Dainichi Nyorai. Um, so this is part of the syncretism between Buddhism and Shinto. Um, there was this idea in, in um, Japanese Buddhism called Honji Suijaku, which means uh, the, the roots and the traces. So basically there was a very... Uh, fairly dominant idea in medieval Japan that uh, the kami were actually the local uh, manifestation of Buddhas from, from elsewhere. And so they said, oh, well, Amaterasu is a sun deity. She's an avatar or a manifestation of the solar Buddha. Um, this was a very popular idea at uh, some really important um, Buddhist temples and Shinto shrines. We even see this idea at um, Issei, uh, which is a complex of shrines that are dedicated to um, Amaterasu and, and other uh, really important deities. But the inner shrine of Issei um, is, is like the main shrine of Amaterasu. We even see this idea of uh, Dainichi Nyorai uh, there. So uh, what does that speak on Shinto's ability of assimilation? Um, sh uh, priests you know, like Buddhists, and if we can call them Shintoists during the medieval period, although that's really debatable, uh, had a lot of different ideas about how they were interrelated. Uh, there was kind of a reverse movement, a reverse Honji Suijaku, where some people said, actually, Amaterasu is the start, and, you know, the solar Buddha is uh, the manifestation of her elsewhere. So there's like a lot of power plays. Um, so I wouldn't say it's assimilation, um, but it's what my uh, colleague and advisor, Fabio Rambelli, calls a combinatory paradigm. So they're combined in different ways. And there's kind of like a push and pull back and forth between different ideas um, prior to state Shinto. Yeah, I'm going to stop Wow. There. <laughs> We've been um, talking so much history. I, pr I promise I'm an anthropologist. <laughs> so good. This is... This is so good. This is such a good, uh, I guess, jumping off point for a lot of people because they'll hear something that, that catches their attention and they're like, what is that? And then like, it's a, a giant, you know, trip to Wikipedia and then hopefully to some books um, to find out more and to your series, of course. Yes. Uh, if anybody does... would like to learn details, send me a message. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a book recommendation. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, how does Shinto deal with morality? Oh, um, uh, it, as it opposed to really. mm. other religions, yeah. 
Yeah, so we've talked a little bit about uh, purity and pollution and how certain um, acts that are like uh, against social norms or, you know, against uh, uh, the, the norms of the, the kami as well, when those are violated, um, you, uh, bad things happen. So you could, you know, kind of talk about that in terms of morality. Um, but generally speaking, Shinto doesn't have like a code of morals that you must mm. follow. There's no like Ten Commandments. There's no like people are innately good or evil or anything. Um, it's really just about like ritual relationships with the kami. And um, depending on how those go, good things or bad things can, can happen. Um, bad things can happen to good people. <laughs> good things can happen to bad people. So there isn't really like a, a, a moral doctrine involved with Shinto. So, but Shinto so priests will tell you like, don't be a jerk. Try to be harmonious. Yeah, yeah. Don't so, kill people. Uh, that's so a taboo. <laughs> with so, this is a question I always get asked since um, if I'm having conversations with um, mm -hmm. my religious friends, is they say, "Where do you get your morality from?" Because I'm no longer mm. a, a Christian. Yeah. Where does a Shinto priest get their morality from? Mm. Is there uh, is there like I... cultural norms, or or have they got other belief systems or? Is all of Japan utilitarian or like, like what, how does like, like, um, yeah, like how? I mean, there are, there are some ideas of morality, um, baked into, to, uh, Shinto traditions that have kind of come through the mm. centuries, even Shinto mythology. Um, you know, we talked about, uh, Izanagi and Izanami, um, before they have children, there's this moment where they're trying to decide how they relate to each other. Um, Izanami, the woman speaks first, and then they have uh, a, a disfigured child. So then they decide, oh, the, the man needs to speak first, and then they have a uh, an able child, and they, they decide that's good. Um, so you know, you can you can pull uh, moral lessons mm. out of some of this stuff. You know, living in harmony with nature, um, not killing people is like an actual taboo in, in Shinto, for example. Uh, you can pull morality out of that, but I would say that most of the morality of, of Shinto priests and, and, and other folks in Japan um, comes from, you know, social norms or from Buddhism has more, you know, doctrine that explicitly tells you, like, you should do this, you should not do that, or mm. this is the way that you should live your life. Um, so, so yeah, Shinto is not too overly concerned um, with with morality. Yeah, this is this is what I was hoping and also fearing is that a lot of the presuppositions that I would go into this conversation with wouldn't necessarily mm -hmm. be relevant. It's like it's like I'm not even I I'm not even it's hard because it's like I'm not even asking the right questions. It's like it's you need to you need to think very differently about about the you do. Cosmos that's and, why it's so fun. Uh, yeah, in, in yeah, my, and that's in my experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most of the questions that we come, you know, equipped with, like, all right, I'll, you know, ask these five, like, mm. who's the founder? When did it start? Uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot of the times, I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, there's a lot of room. It for... just, just like the gods, they Daddy. just appeared. It just appeared. Yeah. Um, yeah. Take it as read. <laughs> this, is a, this is a question that I really wanted to know about. Um, are there Shinto superstitions concepts? or ideas that are prevalent in modern Western culture 
that have like maybe trickled in? Hmm, in modern Western culture. Okay, so I have to do the religious studies uh, scholarly thing yeah, the preamble. to say that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep it short, I promise. No, no. Um, so superstition good, good. is often set apart from religion in that like religion is this codified thing that society has agreed upon is like an okay tradition, right? More or mm -hmm. less. Um, yep. Superstition is somehow like bad and anti-modern and like a holdover from ancient times that we should like get rid of you know this is kind of like baked into conceptions of modernity uh and what it means to be like a modern civilization so there's a lot of baggage with the term superstition right yeah. uh sorry all words are bad <laughs> <laughs> that being said um there's not really a lot of superstition that uh or you know ideas about things that will happen that like have luck. come over from shinto <sighs> yeah i mean when you go to a shinto like if you're a tourist and you go to a shinto shrine you might pick up an omamori which is like a protective amulet that you're supposed to carry on your person um i have one in my backpack actually i have a few in my backpack <laughs> people keep giving them to me they're really fun <laughs> to collect um it's like so you had to some pick people one out, like you're saying yeah, I gotta catch yeah. them all. Uh, oh, yeah. Omamori. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I have a video about Omamori if anybody wants to learn more about those. Um, but uh, people don't tend to hear about Shinto much at all in, mm. in the West. I think what we hear about more is uh, yokai or these like supernatural creatures that are sometimes related to Shinto and yeah. sometimes are just part of like Japanese folklore. Um, so you might hear about like fox spirits or raccoon dogs called tanuki um they're not actually raccoons and they're not actually dogs <laughs> but that's how we translate tanuki um so you might hear about some of those but no i i don't think a lot of superstition has has come over um from japan but i hope people learn more about yokai and shinto and uh i'm always surprised by like what people uh pick up from from anime so maybe more is coming over Okay, I got um, I someone suggested I grab this book, Yokai Attack. Um, oh yeah, Yokai Attack Japanese is Monsters really fun. Hiroko Yoda yeah. and and Matt Alt are are fantastic. I would also recommend the Yokai books by uh, Zach Davison. Uh, okay. He's a friend of mine. He's a folklore expert, comic book geek, uh, writer. Um, he actually name, wrote Zach, Dav uh, Zach Davison. Davison. Zach he actually writes uh, Demon Days with Peach Momoko. I've been uh, chronicling their series. So if you want to learn more about Yokai and Zach Davidson's work, check out my videos about uh, Demon Days. Now they have a second series I haven't made the videos yet for called Demon Wars. That's more fun. Um, yes, Zach Davidson has written several books about Yokai. Um, there's one about Yure, there's one about like cat spirits. Um, he's done a lot. He's oh, also wow. worked on Star Wars. I mean, what doesn't he do? Uh, he, he's also a, a translator. He's worked on um, Gegege no Kitaro, uh, like spooky uh, Kitaro is a, a okay. very popular manga and anime that he has translated. Um, and then like kind of the OG yokai scholar who you can read is uh, Michael Dylan Foster. Okay. Mm. 
There's okay. more. There's like a bunch of people about Yoka. Um, but that's a good place almost, to start. If you do um, have a, a reading list on your website or something, I'll post it in the um, in the chat down below so people can get Oh, those yeah. Books. I did have a Goodreads. I've kind of fallen off with updating oh, it, but I... I I'm the one who suggested you get you. the Goodreads years ago. I was like, that do you was have a Yeah. Years ago. I was like, yeah, that, oh I my need God, to know what you're you. reading. Yeah. Uh, I will update it at some point. I can't tell okay. you when. Um, uh, but uh, the videos that I have about Yokai so far also have reading lists in the video description. So check ah, that okay, out. Cool. <laughs> ah, awesome. Okay, mm -hmm. will do. Uh, so uh, let's wrap up the interview with two of the questions I always ask most well, sure. most of the guests, unless it's inappropriate. Uh, first one is, because we talk a lot about religion, and obviously you're mm -hmm. a Presbyterian, uh, but mm -hmm. you also study Shinto. Mm -hmm. What is the most plausibly true religion that you don't believe in? Oh, that's hard. It's a hard one, the, right? Because oh, the most plausibly true religion that you don't believe in. Um, I feel like I have to say Shinto. I feel like you can practice Shinto and do no harm and live oh, pretty yeah. chill, but also Buddhism. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Cool. So maybe maybe that Shinto Buddhism syncretism is is pretty all right. <laughs> I do I do like uh, I'm not sure if this is mainstream, but I do like the Buddhist mm. concept of hell, um, which is which is that when if you go to hell, it's like it's it's a temporary place to burn off your car. Uh, yes. And then and then you go back to enlightenment. You get enlightened after it, but it's like you can uh, you can get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a yeah. nice, nice kind of hell. <laughs> I have some videos on on several. There are many Buddhist hells. Um, I have some videos about some of them coming up. Oh, the, wow! Your channel is going to blow up. It's going to be awesome. Um, keep producing oh, when I have, content when I find time. When you have time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, last question: uh, If you could choose a religion's afterlife, and then afterlife would immediately become true, what would Ooh. you choose? Mm. as an anthropologist as an anthropologist i don't know i'm like really attached to christian heaven personally <laughs> yeah. yeah no i get it um but uh the pure land in terms of um like pure land buddhism seems like pretty good so is that better than i don't even know about what that is what is pure about land? like non-existence Oh, oh, that's a rabbit hole that we don't have time to go over. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> next time. Um, uh, we'll do that next time. Or if, if you if you got time to come on once again, you're always welcome. Um, it's been a lovely conversation. But Thanks. I just want to shout out uh, your stuff once again. Everyone go check out Eat, Pray, Anime um, and check out the videos. I mean, you've got like so many videos and you've got so many coming up. And you put a lot of work into them, I can tell. Uh, they're not they're not just you rambling you've actually edited them and there's like scripts to them and things like that um so everyone go check out ipre anime fantastic uh and also next week we have um seth andrews the thinking atheist on becoming deconverted his journey um deconstructing his faith uh his um he said he, he said he was a fox news christian i don't know what that is but we'll be finding out um Ooh. so that'll be an interesting episode uh and is there anything else you wanted to mention, Caitlin, before we wrap up? Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. No, not really. Um, If you'd like to hear more, because there's 
we could talk for a hundred years. Um, yeah. And then we would need to go to the pure land and then reincarnate and then talk some more. Uh, check out <laughs> my YouTube channel, Eat, Pray, Anime. Uh, like and subscribe for notifications when new videos come out. I promise they are incoming. Uh, my next series is an introduction to shamanism and Japanese religion. So talking about the scholarly study of shamanism and then looking at some specific uh, types of people who have been called shamans in uh, Japanese religions um, with experts that are not me <laughs> on those particular topics. So uh, stay tuned for more. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, and we'll see you guys next time. See you guys next week. See you guys. Love you all. Bye.